May be seated, and the children are uh, welcome to children in worship. You know, there is one one problem with worshiping Christ with our whole life. One, one problem with with truly finding the meaning of life in Him, finding our pleasure. Um, in him. I thought maybe he was going to come up here and take over. <laughs> A word from the Lord. There is, uh, yeah, and, and that problem, that, that real problem, that real dangerous problem is that worshiping Jesus in our whole life, it works. It just makes sense, you know, that if, if you follow the one who created life, if the one who, who put it together knows how it works, and if you follow him, then what that usually means is that life works better that way. And, and it can, yeah, amen even, usually, it works that way. I, I, missed, I missed that one, but uh, until you get to pride, you're, you're, you're ahead of me. You're, you're preaching in a couple of months. Not yet, Alan. The, uh, and because it works, then it can lead to success. It can lead to joy and happiness. It can lead to fulfillment. It, it can lead to resources, work, going well. And then that's the dangerous part. Is when it goes well, when it when it when the success comes, when the, the resources come, when the, the peace and prosperity come, that when you're following Christ, when, when that when those come, that's when it gets really dangerous because it's then that we can focus on the gifts instead of the giver of the gifts. And that is what happened to Amos, or, or happened to Israel in Amos' day. They had an improper focus upon themselves in the midst of their success. Started to think that they were the ones that caused it. And that they deserved their success. That somehow they had earned it. Now, it's, it's good to enjoy the goodness of God's creation. It's good to enjoy the life that God has given us. But the danger is that that joy, that pleasure, that success can distract us from falling at the feet of Jesus. And instead, looking too much in the mirror. That success, that peace, that prosperity can bring a pride which rebuilds the walls that, were, that Jesus has taken down. Can rebuild the walls between us and God and can rebuild the walls between us and one another. Can separate us from God so that we take God for granted and can so separate us from one another that we don't recognize, see, or 
be concerned with the needs of others around us. The passage is in Amos chapter 6, found on page 747 in your pew Bible. I invite you to turn there. If you'd like, you can follow along on the screen. Now, Amos chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Let's pray together. Dear gracious God, thank you again for your written word. It does lead us to life and life to the full and leads us to peace and prosperity by your good wisdom and your good gifts. And we pray now that your word would lead us to you. That we would indeed, as we've been singing, focus upon you and respond to you, receive from you. Help us to hear from you and apply it in our lives for your glory, for your honor, for the furthering of your kingdom. And to further feed our love for one another. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alas, for those who are at ease in Zion. And for those who feel secure on Mount Samaria. The notables of the first of the nations. To whom the house of Israel resorts. Cross over to Kalna and see. From there go to Hamath the Great. And then go down to Goth of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is your territory greater than their territory? O you that put far away the evil day and bring near a reign of violence. Alas for those who lie on beds of ivory and lounge on their couches, and eat lambs from the flock, and calves from the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David improvise on instruments of music, who drink wine from bowls, and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now be the first to go into exile, And the revelry of the loungers shall pass away. The Lord God has sworn by himself, says the Lord, the God of hosts, I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his strongholds. And I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Israel was enjoying the the peace and prosperity of God's gifts to them. But they had fallen into the trap of going too far for themselves. Taking God for granted and ignoring the needs of others in their community and around them. I mean, look again at verses 4 through 6. And in here, just the inordinate, excessive focus on self and their own pleasure. 
Alas for those who lie on the beds of ivory and lounge on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David improvise on instruments of music, who drink wine from bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. You know, no, no mention of God in this. No, no sense of thanksgiving in what they're doing. And certainly the excessive nature of their celebrations. They don't just drink wine from a nice cup or a goblet. They drink it from bowls. They don't just anoint themselves with oil, but anoint themselves with the finest oils. And then the, the, the greatest statement against them then in verse 6 but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. They've rebuilt the walls in their own peace and prosperity. They've rebuilt the walls between them and God and between them and those that are in need. Secluded themselves, in a sense, in their own gated community. And Amos has come in to tear those walls down again. To help then be aware of their gratitude unto God. To, to, to be aware of how they totally rely upon God. And, and to be aware that the, the, that which has been given to them is there for a purpose in order to reach out and care for the needs of others within their community and around them. A couple other passages come to mind as I consider um, this word of Amos. One is in Genesis 11, particularly uh, chapter 11, verse 4. The events of the Tower of Babel. And it's at this time that the the people are are growing in number. They're growing in cooperation. They're, they're, They're learning to work together. And they want to use the resources to build a large tower. But in verse 4, they want to build this large tower, take advantage of their cooperation with one another in order to make a name for themselves. Instead of making a name for God. I mean, instead of taking the, the, the resources and their cooperation and saying, let's build a tower for the glory of God. It is so that they can make a name for themselves. And God brought judgment. Reminded of the story of uh, the parable of Jesus. Page 847 in your Bible, if you still have it out. in Luke chapter 12. Starting with verse uh, 15. And Jesus said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. Now, I want you to listen for all the eyes and mys in this. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. 
Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Apostle Paul also tells the, the same to, to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful desires which drown man in destruction and perdition. And throughout the, the scriptures we see this, this danger of following the ways of God that leads to peace and prosperity is that eventually the peace and prosperity become the goal which then leads us to focus on ourselves and and it's almost humorous the parable that Jesus tells I mean God's nowhere mentioned in there except at the end and it's all I and my even his prayer life is with himself as he converses with his soul that may be an important word from the Lord But it's a pride then that somehow takes credit for what God is doing in and through us. For everything that we have and all that we are, the scriptures are clear, is, is gift. But pride can take that attention off of God and put it on ourselves. And build those walls back between me and God. And between me and you. Between one another. And as Amos tells the children of Israel. God abhors the pride of Jacob. Now consider, I mean. One of the, the greatest advantages that, that I've <clears throat> ever experienced in my life, I had absolutely nothing to do with. I mean, that was being born in the United States of America. And any of you that have been on mission trips for different reasons around other places, you know exactly what I mean when it can take three, four hours just to go 30 miles down what is called a road. Nothing to say of famine and the lack of resources around. I mean, I had absolutely nothing to do with where I was born, the time and history or the place. But yet, I'm a great recipient of that gift. Everything that we have is, is gift. All right, so if we look at what Amos is telling Israel then, for them, it's too late. I mean, the exile comes. They, they don't repent. Maybe they could have repented at that time, but they didn't. 
What can we, how can we apply this so that we can learn from this warning from Amos to Israel? How can we apply that in our own lives? I think, um, I mean, this is sort of a bummer of a passage to be reading on Super Bowl Sunday, preacher. We're about to go have a whole bunch of parties. Supposed to just sit in the corner now and hum? No. It's good to enjoy life. And that's why this is, this, there's a subtlety here. It isn't good. It is good to enjoy God's creation. He created us and it is good. It is very good, he says. And it is to be enjoyed and celebrated as long as our eyes continue to be upon Him. As long as we are characterized by a life of gratitude. That we are clear and sure to practice regularly thanksgiving. And not just in word, but in our heart. To be thankful for the good things God has given to us. To make that our habit. How that could have been a great preventive medicine for the folks at Babel, for Jesus' parable, and for Israel in Amos' day. It had been a habit, a regular habit of giving thanks to God for all that we have. To be sure, that wall between us and God is down. And it stays down. The other, the other application, another, another good uh, practice of preventive medicine is to be sure the walls are down in our relationships with one another. I mean, as we seek to be a church without walls, the, wall, the walls between us and God are down and the walls with one another are down. And, and that those walls come down in, in the church like they can't come down anywhere else. That would at least be our hope. That's the plan of the church, to be that kind of safe place where those walls come down. And when those of us who find ourselves in need, in distress, are able to share those needs with those who don't. And that there can be cooperation, there can be relationship, there can be love, there can be sharing of sadness and joy, of happiness and distress, of riches and poverty. And this is the place where that can happen. It's what was created to happen. To, to have this preventive medicine of relationships with one another across all kinds of different boundaries of, of rich and poor together. Those in need and those not in need at that particular time. And those places change as life goes on. But that's the desire of the church. And it's not just because, well, isn't that a nice result of the church? No, it's the very essence of church in terms of being united with one another in Christ because it helps to prevent us from this danger. Israel in Amos' day, had they'd made their gated community. And they stayed within those walls. They built their walls up high. They didn't want to know the needs that were around them because it would rain on their parade. But little did they know, it would have been one of the great ways to prevent their very issue of pride. Now, if you, if you listen to the sound bites in the, the political rhetoric today, you don't hear many 
encouraging words for relationships to tear down the walls, for, for those that find themselves in need and those that find themselves in distress to tear down the walls and share that and have relationship with those who at that particular time find themselves in, in plenty and in peace. Now, if you listen to the sound bites of the political rhetoric today, it's either that the, the rich are at war with the poor or the poor don't exist. That's the talk within our culture, but that's just the opposite of what was necessary in Amos' day and just the opposite of what we're seeking to be about in being a community connected in Jesus no matter our differences. So hear the words of Amos. And be careful. As you follow Christ, it will bring success. It can bring peace and prosperity. But be sure that that success doesn't lead to a pride. They can lead to your destruction. And the best way to prevent that is to keep the walls down. Keep the walls down between you and God in a relationship of gratitude, of thanksgiving for all that He has given you. And keep the walls down between one another. Between those who find themselves in need and those who find themselves in plenty those who find themselves in joy and those who find themselves in distress. For then you'll know the reason, the purpose that God has, has given to you at that time, that whatever it might be that He has given to you, He's given it to you so that you might give to others. And now come to a time in our service where we get to practice that, that very thing. We get to practice that sharing of need with one another. Bringing that before God and caring for one another through prayer. There will be, um, as we gather around the table in communion, there will be um, elders and deacons of the church with little vials of oil. There'll be one over here, one here, here, and one back there. And uh, they would love to pray with you and for you, join with you in whatever the need might be, whatever the burden might be, whatever the struggle, whatever the, whatever the pain, whatever the, the concern that you have for yourself or that you have for another. It's a way that we try to enact tearing the walls down between us. Because it's not always easy to share the needs, to share the pain. We don't know how to share it, don't know how to receive it sometimes. It can, we fear, lead to embarrassment or shame. But the very reason that Jesus has called us here is to bear one another's burdens. Is, is to share those concerns. And, and it's, it is a great preventative 
pride all around. So it's not just, if you have a particular need you want to share with another, it's not just for your good that you share it. It's for the good of the one to whom you share it as well. For you are allowing them to see their place at this time of caring for you, whatever that need might be. Amen. Now we come to the table together. A couple words of instruction, invitation. All, all who seek to follow Jesus are invited to the table, invited to the feast. Come, there's plenty. Jesus always has plenty. There'll be a couple stations, three stations here. You'll come, you'll take the bread and then dip it in the cup and then, then eat it. There's a couple pieces of bread for those that are uh, gluten intolerant. Um, can't eat bread with wheat in it and stuff. There's a couple pieces that are yellow like crackers. They should be in each basket um, as well. The healing stations will be spread around. You can go to those before or after the coming to uh, receive uh, communion. And, and also know that uh, this... Uh, tray and cup represents a group that will be of elders and deacons in the church who will be going out after this service to those who physically are unable to be with us this day. But through the Spirit who transcends space and time, they gather with us and partake together of the Lord's Supper. Let's pray together. Gracious God, take these elements. So fill them, so anoint them that you would nourish our very faith. As the bread, as the juice nourish our bodies, may your spiritual presence through them nourish our very soul. Turn our our attention unto you. That, that you would feed us in such a way that our gratitude would overflow unto you for your many gifts unto us. And particularly, the gift of Jesus in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his impending return. Feed us as we gather around this table. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. It was on the night that our Lord was betrayed that He took the bread and broke it. Gave it to His disciples saying, Take and eat, all of you. This is my body that is broken for you. On the same night, He took the cup saying, This is my blood that is shed for you For the forgiveness of sins, take and drink, all of you. For I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The gifts of God for the people of God.